You're listening to the podcast of Rain City Church. This is that time of year that's, uh, that, that change is just seems to be around every single corner. Um, yesterday, as we were walking uh, home from the pool, there was a, there was a gal there, a neighborhood a girl that I hadn't seen in forever. She's not a girl anymore. And I said, oh my gosh, Maddie, how, how old are you? And then I realized as I got closer to her, I was looking up at her now, which is not hard to do because I'm not very tall, but, you know, I was like, what the heck? What happened? And she said, oh, I'm 18. And I said, oh my gosh, what grade are you in? And she's like, oh, I just graduated from high school. I said, what? Like, I just, it, all I can think of was, you know, like 12-year-old Maddie. So it's so crazy. This is that time of year that I think that there's so much that sort of changes that, that there's these, these uh, ceremonies, you know, within graduations and stuff that make it so we go, oh, now is the time that we make, you know, like today's Move Up Sunday, you know, it's just something that marks a change in our lives. And change, I think, is one of those things that can be wildly polarizing, uh, because um, it, it kind of doesn't matter if you love change or you don't love change. It kind of depends on what kind of change it is. Uh, because, you know, at the beginning of the every, every year, people talk about change a lot, and people get really excited about it, you know? And so if you go into, like, the self-help category of books, there's some really, like, empowering, you know, awaken the giant within, practice the power of now, you are a badass. You know, that's, those are all self-help books. It's like, come on, you know, but the, the truth is that when it is not, are we really all saying, did he just say, badass? <laughs> it's the name of the book. I just read it. <laughs> it's not great. Um, <laughs> turns out I'm not. So apparently the book was not for me. Um, <laughs> It, tur- it turns out, though, that, that change uh, can be very, very difficult uh, when it is uh, not self-imposed, uh, when, when it is something that is imposed on you. Uh, in fact, uh, it's not just difficult when change is imposed on you. The human um, response, uh, science shows us that the human response to when change is imposed on us is that our immediate response is to resist. Uh, and so that's what I want to talk about Today, I, uh, we're continuing our series, Beginnings, Endings, and In-Betweens, and today I want to be, uh, talk about coping with change. What does the Bible have to say about coping with change, particularly change that perhaps has been imposed on you, not necessarily a change that you decided to make yourself? So I want to be looking today at, um, at the book of Philippians. Uh, it's not it's not a huge book. It's a really incredible book, though. We did a whole series on this a couple years ago. Bye, Micah. Take care. Peace. Um, <laughs> I would leave too if I was listening to me. Um, <laughs> so Paul is Paul is writing to a letter to uh, the early church in Philippi. Philippi was the very first church in Europe. Uh, and so uh, where it would be now is like in northeastern Greece, just right south of Bulgaria. Uh, I had to look that up. I don't know that off the top of my head, in case you're wondering. I didn't even know that Greece and Bulgaria were close together, but they are. So, but, uh, but that's where it would be. And so that's where uh, when, when Paul went on some of his missionary journeys, that's, that was one of the places. And so he, he was able to plant a church, start a church there. And 
This church, uh, the, the, the book of Philippians, the, the church in Philippi was uh, kind of different than a lot of the other churches. Because when you read the letters that Paul writes in the New Testament, uh, a lot of them are very correctional and uh, are, are very, you know, seem at, at points almost disciplinary, you know. And this one really isn't. This one is the core message of the book of Philippians is joy. And not just joy, it's joy in any circumstance. He uses the word joy uh, in that book more than any, uh, and then any time in any other book. That is the core message. And he's specifically talking about how do we experience joy in changing circumstances? How do we experience joy when coping with change. So that's what we're going to be looking at today is just a few key passages in the book of Philippians where Paul is is helping us understand how to cope with change, especially change that has uh, been imposed on us. So uh, we'll start actually with the um, with the, the scripture that's one of the most famous scriptures in all of the Bible. And uh, oddly enough, it is the most taken out of context scripture that we have. Uh, and so uh, see, see if you'll recognize this in context. Paul is writing from a prison cell and he says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. We know that one, right? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Do people know that one, the the Tim Tebow verse, right? Yeah. So... You know, and there's there's a lot. I mean, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean something. I just think a lot of times people think that it means I can become a superhero through Christ who gives me strength. And Paul is saying, yeah, kind of. I mean, if you're talking about learning how to cope with change and deal with all kinds of difficulties in your life and having plenty and having nothing, but recognizing that there is a greater uh, you know force at play in your life, they're like, no, I was talking about touchdowns, you know. So it's like it's a little different. This verse is uh, is kind of always interesting to me because my wife, she's gonna kill me for telling you this, but she actually has a tramp stamp tattoo right here, and that it says Phil four thirteen. And so every time I see that, whew, yeah. Happy Father's Day, indeed. This verse may have made me a father. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We're off the rails, guys. So when, oh man, it'd be tough. <laughs> what Paul is talking about here in the context of the verse is simply this. It's, it's about the situation. It's about learning how to deal with the situation and learning how to make the changes and not just throwing everything away because suddenly you come into a lot or because suddenly you have nothing or anywhere in between. He is saying that the reason why he has been able to deal with change of circumstance over and over and over and over again is because it is through Christ who gives him strength. 
So I think one of the points that Paul is making here is simply that change is an opportunity, not an opponent. Change is an opportunity to be strengthened by God, not an opponent to God's strength. I think many of us think that when change is imposed upon us, that suddenly that means it is judgment. It is how God, God must be angry with us, that there's something. And there is such a thing as consequence, for sure, in life and with sin. But for many times, I think that when something just changes that was outside of our control, I think one of the first things we think of is, oh, where's God in this? Or, you know, God, God must be angry or whatever. And, and, and Paul is really telling us, hey, this isn't about God's being, you know, being present or not present. This is about an opportunity to allow Christ's strength to work in and through your life. But it's difficult, especially when you are, when you are facing a, a big change. I totally get this because we uh, are right in the middle of this. Uh, in fact, um, right before Easter this year, we don't have a huge staff. There's about 10 of us. And, um, and right before Easter, it was the craziest thing that we had four people on staff uh, who all um, resigned around the same time. And it was for completely different reasons, and none of them knew that the other was going to do it. So don't think, oh, it's a coup, and this place sucks. It's, you know, it does, but for another reason. But, um, <laughs> but then we were like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? But it was all great, you know? Like, uh, Markello is working in youth. She's gone off to college. Um, Scott, who was also Scott Ohashi, was working in youth. He got a dream job to go work for Major League Baseball, making documentaries. Which you know, I'm like, can I come too? You know, um, and then um, and then Goose and Emily Dolce, who think they're leaving. <laughs> They are going to go, we're, at, we're so proud of them. They are gonna, they're moving down to Southern California, and they are opening up a food bank. And so uh, it is really awesome. We're excited. Their, their last Sunday is going to be uh, Freedom Flapjack Sunday, where they will experience their freedom on that Sunday. <laughs> we'll take off the ankle, <laughs> the ankle uh, sensor. What do you call that? Ball and chain. Thanks. <laughs> wow. Thanks so much, Kathy. <laughs> oh, it's Wendy. Oh, even worse. Her husband works for me. Oh, brutal. <laughs> it was the kind of thing, though, that when it happened, we just felt like it was like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? What are we going to do? And it just felt like such a huge change. And honestly, I felt immediately, I kind of went to the glasses half empty and just go, oh, woe is me. Like, what's going on? I thought it was going well. And then it was just a curveball and da, 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 you know? And then I just remember that I just had to have this shift of, uh, that I felt like the Lord just kept kind of bringing this back to me over and over and say, hey, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity. And just to be clear, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be sad about things. I'm going to be talking about that in a couple of weeks when we talk about endings. It doesn't mean that you don't take time to mourn. It doesn't take, mean that you don't just pretend that everything's fine. Ha, 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 you know, I'm, I'm bleeding out, but it's okay. You know, like it's, it's okay to, to pause and recognize. But it's also okay to recognize that in the moment that there is an opportunity in change. And so I remember going to the staff and just saying that and basically saying to them, guys, change, this is an opportunity, this is an opportunity. And the reason I'm saying that is because I need you to tell me that too. 
You know, this is, this is what we, we've, we've got to be thinking that way because it's so easy, I think, to just go to that completely negative place when change happens. Um, the great Winston Churchill, who is just such a, a wordsmith, uh, he said this, a pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees opportunity in every difficulty. Love that. So what is one way? If you had to think about it right now, what is one way that God has strengthened you through a big change in your life? Take a moment right now. Think about it. What is it what's a big change in your life? That maybe it's, it's happening right now or maybe, you know, it was in the not-so-distant future. But what is one way that God had strengthened you, strengthened your, your character through that? If you're taking notes on the app, there's a place you can fill that in. I would encourage you to do that and then save those notes because this is something you can kind of come back to in those times when you feel like um, maybe that change isn't so fun. Paul, in another place in the book of Philippians, he says, Brothers and sisters, as I said, I know I have not arrived. That is such a key passage right there. I know I have not arrived. But there's one thing I am doing. I'm leaving my old life behind, putting everything on the line for the mission. I am sprinting toward the goal, the only goal that counts, to cross the line, to win the prize, and to hear God's call to resurrection life found exclusively in Jesus, the anointed. Paul is pointing us towards something. We are not running from something. We are running to something. That is a huge, huge difference. And so I think what Paul is saying, so Paul is talking about something that he has never actually seen. This glory, this, you know, this, what, what we will come into, uh, you know, after death, this resurrection life. He has not really truly seen it. I think at one point in his, in his letters, he talks about a vision that he had, but he really has only seen, if he's seen anything, he's only seen a tiny bit of it. And, and he's talking about something that he can only imagine, Right? That would be a really good song, I think. And like, and then later, a Christian movie. I think that's what it would be. He's talking about something that he hasn't seen, and he can only imagine what it is. This is what I think that he is he's telling us to compare with what's possible, not with what's past. That is very, 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 very difficult. Why? Because our brains don't naturally function that way, right? Okay, I just want to show you how the past affects our decision making. This is this is totally this is a proven from where was it? It was I think it was Harvard. Yeah, this is out of Harvard. Okay, this is a simple test they did. I want to show you a Hawaiian vacation. This Hawaiian vacation that you're looking to go on was $2,000, but now it's $1,500. How many of you would buy that vacation? If you said, I'm going to go, I want to spend, okay? Okay, so according to the study, everybody said, yes, that's a great deal. So it went from $2,000 to $1,500. Yes, I'm going to do it. Now, let's add one step to this. Here is the $2,000 vacation. 
And then last week, it was $700. But you missed out. And now it's $1,500. How many of you would buy this Hawaiian vacation? (laughs) Two. Yeah, two people. That's about right. Like, almost no one. Now, just to be clear, in the, in the first one, this didn't exist, right? It was 2000 to 1500 In the second one, there was a middle step that suddenly it was lower, 700 and now it went back, back up to 1500 And we say, no, we will not. Why? Because the past dictated our decision. Because what we are saying is that the tendency to compare to the past is causing people to pass up a better deal. That's exactly what is happening. In other words, a good deal that used to be a great deal is not nearly as good as an awful deal that was once a horrible deal. Here's what Dan Gilbert says. He's a psychologist at Harvard. He says this, we are much more in tune with our experience than we are with our future. This is due to the ease of remembering versus the difficulty of imagining. That is worth repeating. This is due to the ease of remembering versus the difficulty of imagining. The brain goes to what it can most easily comprehend. Fascinating. Our brains only want to work backwards. If you, you can start at the very beginning of the Bible and work all the way through, and that's the way the human brain is constantly working, except for the prophets, right? That's what the prophets are, are saying, let's think forward, right? And half the people are like, let's not. Let's kill you, you know? That's what happens half the time, right? Jesus shows up. What is he constantly talking about? Let's imagine together, What are the possibilities here? Look what we can do. And they're like, look what we can't do. Let's kill him. You know? Like, we don't want to think this way. The human brain doesn't want to go that way. And yet, that is the way that God is constantly trying to pull us. He's not saying ignore the past. He's saying don't just let that dictate everything. Because if we did, we would be blockbuster video. Right? We can't imagine that you couldn't go to a store and rent a video. Instead, you just pull it up and binge watch a season of whatever, you know? Like, you have to be thinking ahead, thinking forward, imagining what is going on. For most of us in in our personal development, we have such a hard time. If, If you were to think back 10 years ago, you would say, oh, I can remember where I was 10 years ago, how different my life is. But if I was to ask you, well, can you imagine in 10 years how different your life would be? Most of us can't. It's interesting. Is my memory, is my memory of the past thwarting my, my ability to imagine how God can give me a richer experience in the future? Am I too stuck in the past? Am I too hurt by the past? Am I too hurt by things that have happened? Or am I too stuck on saying, no, this is just data and data is always right? to recognize that perhaps God moves outside of algorithms. Paul says, I am confident that the creator who has begun such a great work among you will not stop in mid-design. 
but will keep perfecting you until the day Jesus the anointed, our liberating king, returns to redeem the world. He began a good work in us. He will be faithful to complete it. I think everybody here knows that in human life, the rate of change is incredible when when you're a child. I mean, if you have children, you just go, I mean, even right now, you know, we looked at a picture of, of Liam. He's about to graduate eighth grade. Even just at the beginning of eighth grade, he looks so different. And then we pulled up his first day of middle school. He barely looks like the same kid. But you think about it even when they're born, you know, from, I mean, when they're born to one, it's like they go from alien to like pretty cute, you know? And then it's like, and then suddenly they're upright. And then, you know, it's like on and on and on. They're going to the the bathroom on their own. You know, it's just like these crazy things that all happen. It all happens so fast. And then you get to be an adult. And I think many of us think that we don't really change any more. Or especially, you know, the old, you can't teach an old dog new tricks kind of thing. Like that, hey, once you get older, you don't really change. You're set in your ways. This is, that's absolutely true. Well, it turns out data, surveys, science shows us that that is actually not that true. It is true that the change of rate slows, but that you never change, you never stop changing as a human. Because I think most people say, what is the magical point in life where change suddenly goes from a gallop to a crawl? People say, right now. That's the answer. That's the answer most people say. When do things, don't, when do things stop changing the most? Right now. That's what we believe. Uh, psychologists actually have a term for this. It's called the end of history illusion. And all of us fall under this illusion constantly. It is this, a psychological illusion in which individuals of all ages believe that they have experienced significant personal growth and changes in taste up to the present moment. But we will not substantially grow or mature in the future. This is what most people think. And this is where Paul comes back again and says, he is not finished with you yet. He is in mid-design. He has begun a good work and he will be faithful to complete it in you. Simply put, you are a work in progress, not a finished product. But do you think that God is finished with you? Do you think that where you are right now is the end of the story? Do you think that this is as good or as bad as it's ever going to get? Do you feel like there couldn't possibly be any more plot twists coming up in my life? Do you feel like I have allowed the past so, to define me so much that I will not look to the future? I will not allow myself to to, to, to be vulnerable enough to put myself in a position like that again where I might feel that kind of pain? Or are you just saying, well, look, I have the numbers. I have the data. I know how this goes. I would just encourage every single one of you to recognize God is not finished with you yet. That God has some grand design that is so much bigger than any of us could imagine. And we have to stop assuming that we just basically know how this goes because we do not. We absolutely do not. 
In fact, I want to do something right now. Would you just close your eyes? I just want to do a thought experiment for a moment. I just want you to close your eyes, and I just, uh, just start by taking just a couple of, of deep breaths. Just recognize just right in the moment. What, what is your body doing? How are you feeling? Just be here Now, I want you to think about one of your favorite places in the world that is not your home. And now I want you to place yourself right in the middle of that place. I want you to think of something currently that you're really struggling with. Perhaps it's a, it's a, it's a sin that you're trying to, a habitual sin you're trying to, to overcome. Perhaps it's a tough circumstance in your life. Maybe it's a, a health issue, job issue, relationship issue. Just think of something, one thing specifically right now. Now, I want you to imagine that this is 10 years from today. Sort of like a movie, you're watching yourself in this place. And I want you to vividly imagine yourself being free of whatever that is. That you're feeling healing around that, that you're feeling more and more whole, that there is freedom from addiction, that there is a, a healing uh, around some brokenness somewhere, that you are feeling whole around that. What does that feel like? What kind of a difference does that make in your life with your relationship with God and relationship with other people? kind of a difference does that make in the way that you think of your self-worth? Now finally, I just want you to imagine that Jesus is standing right before you, right in front of you. I want you to get a picture of whatever you think he looks like and look him right in the eyes. you to hear him say to you, I love you so much, and I'm not done with you yet. I have some pretty incredible things in store for you. Just keep trusting me, and let's keep walking together. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so grateful that you have never given up on us, that you continue to change and grow us, even when we have the inability to imagine what that would mean. Continue to change our world, continue to change our communities, continue to change our lives.
Continue to change our souls and our character, God. Grow them. Strengthen them. Help us to look more and more like you every single day so that we can look more like love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information and resources, go to raincitychurch.com. Thanks for listening.